four, eight. People are looking at the window. Five, wonderful. Six, seven, eight. We are more than eight. Hallelujah. Nine. Amen. Do we have Bibles? If you have a Bible, just lift up your hand. Maybe you didn't bring it to church, but you have a Bible at home. Just lift up your hand. If your hand is not up, I know that you don't have a Bible, then you can address the issue. Yeah. If you have a Bible, it's at home. Just lift up your hand. Okay. So now everybody has a Bible. All right. That's good. I'm happy. Please, after the service, we will talk. Amen. Um, come and see me after the service. If you don't have a Bible, amen. But I have to have a good Bible. Amen. Do you agree with me? You have to have a good Bible. Those days when you were at Sunday school, you say, Joy, draw your sword. Wasn't that that? that wasn't that the game? Draw your sword. Then you say, maybe say um, Psalm 32, verse 1. Then you put your Bible. You know what I mean? It's like you didn't go to Sunday school. Amen. Oh, it's only me. Hallelujah. Do you know draw your sword? Okay, not everybody knows draw your sword. And they say, Charge. Yeah. Hey, am I that old? I just still doing it. After us, sister Gladys. Amen. They said, draw your sword. They have to find their scripture very good. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not old. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's very necessary. Amen. You see, it's not every single day that you have a physical hard copy Bible with you. Amen. But it's not actually the Bible that is so important. As much as what you have learned, you have memorized from the scriptures. That is far more important. Amen. You know, sometimes you watch uh, Nigerian movies and then they have the Bible under their pillow or they have it in place. And when the devil is coming, they'll be praying the Bible. I don't know if the Bible is some power or something. It, is, it works, but it's the words that contain the power. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you need to always invite the word of God. Amen. Ignorance is curable. Amen. Today you don't know. That's fine. But you can always learn it. Amen. So you need to have a good Bible. Amen. Not a half Bible. Amen. Not just uh, the blue one, the New Testament. No. The Bible is New Testament and the Old Testament. Amen. And even with the half of it, there are different types of Bible. Amen. I remember when I was in uh, level 100. 300 or 200. No, it was level 100. A certain man of God asked me to go and buy a certain Bible. And I was like, okay, I'll go and buy the Bible because he was a man of God. I really respected him. He was very prophetic, very deep in the word. So he said, go and buy this Bible. I said, okay, fine. And I went to ask for the price of the Bible. And those days, it was like 50 cities. That was those days. It was, it was an expensive Bible. 50 CDs is still money even today. You get inflation everything, but it's still money. Was that 50 CDs? But there's so many Bibles, how should I can buy this 50 CDs Bible, you know? And I just obeyed his instruction and then I got some money after some time and I bought the Bible. But the Bible was a very good Bible. It was a very good I still have the Bible. I haven't kept it for a stone and stuff. It means I'm reading my Bible now. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take that interpretation. Amen. I didn't sleep on the Bible. I've been reading the Bible. I've been soaking the Bible. Amen. But that Bible has been a blessing to me. It's been a very good guide in learning the Word of God. Amen. There are different kinds of Bible. You should get a good Bible. 
That's not my message today, but I think it's important. You should get a good Bible. The same way when you have the tools for a certain trade, it's easy to do the work. Amen. If you're a carpenter, you don't have your tape measure, you don't have your saw, you can do the work, but you will, you will struggle. You will find it difficult. You have to do apotech, apotech, apotech. Amen. But when you have the right tools, it makes it easier. Amen. This Bible was, it was awesome. It's an awesome, but I don't do, I think I'm here recorded, so I don't mention the Bible, but it's an awesome, it has a lot of cross-references, and it takes a word, it goes deep down, it shows you other scriptures that talk about it. Like, you'll be satisfied. Amen. So get a good Bible. Amen. I'm not against electronic Bibles. Some Bibles are good. Amen. Um, it gives you an advantage. You can check a lot of versions at the same time. You know. Amen. But that's not my message for this morning. Amen. That's just by the way. So, happy Father's Day to everybody in the house. Amen. Hey, no response. Amen. The fathers are, the fathers are three. Or they are two. Or they are one. Amen. You might not have a baby boy or a baby girl, but some of you are fathers. Amen. Some of the women in the house are mothers and fathers at the same time. Hallelujah. So happy Father's Day to everybody in this house. Amen. People are saying ish. In the book of Genesis, what the God says, said, male and female created he them. Amen. Yes. It's very, 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 very important. Amen. You cannot um, do away with the role of a father in the life of anybody. It's very important. It's not everybody that has it the same. Some people actually never met their father. You get it. There was a study that was done in America. It was towards their prison system, towards people that commit crimes. And they found an interesting something. They found out that most of the people who committed violence crimes, the killing, the stealing, all those things, they studied them. Yes, the same most of them were black and all of those things. But they found a very interesting fact. There was a common denominator between all of them. Is that they didn't grow up with their father. They didn't grow up with a father figure in their house. And some way, somehow, they had lost their way. And they have found themselves where they were. Nobody wakes up in the morning with the intention, I'm going to steal, I'm going to kill. No. Sometimes circumstances will push you. I'm not justifying them. I said circumstances will push you. But they found out that these people didn't have a father figure in their life. Amen. So the role of a father is very important. You might not have a biological father, but there's somebody who is acting as a father in your life. That you must honor, you must give the respect. Amen. Sometimes they'll do things that you don't like. Sometimes they'll do things that you don't agree. Sometimes they might do things that are even wicked to you. But I still give them the respect and the honor. There's a blessing and a covering that comes to being a father. Amen. God has made it so. Amen. So happy Father's Day to everybody. Amen. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't contacted your father or your father figure please make sure to do something for them today amen buy something nice for them amen i know petrol has gone up amen and everything is going up but buy something nice for your father even if it is a drink you will appreciate it amen your father didn't say buy him mercedes benz on father's day he hasn't said that i can do something little to appreciate him. even a call i know some of you are fighting with your fathers amen call them 
Amen. You'll be surprised. But then you you really like it. Amen. Let me just read the scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. It was Paul that was speaking to the church, and he said that for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Hallelujah. This is a spiritual look at fatherhood. He was saying that you have a lot of instructors when it comes to the word of God. Even now, you know that you have a lot of instructors when it comes to the word of God. If you want to hear a message, it's not difficult. You need to have access to the internet. You can listen to any message. You can listen to the message that being preached this morning. Last week messages. You can even listen to the message that have been recorded in so many years ago. John Wesley, all those things. You can get records of it. But to have a father figure is different. A father goes beyond an instructor. Like I'm teaching you right now. I'll teach and I'll go. I'll not follow you to your house. Unless you have cooked some nice food. I'll consider. Amen. But I'll not follow you to your house. My father goes beyond just teaching the word of God. He's over your life. He's guiding you. He is going the extra mile. Something that a teacher will not do. So Paul was saying that you have many instructors. But talking to the church. Because Paul wasn't always physically in the church of Corinth. But things were going on over there. But he's going to know that, listen, even though these people are coming and they're saying all these things, remember that I am still your father. I am I'm looking out for the best thing for you. Amen. Somebody gave me an advice in life. This is not a scripture, but it's a life advice. Amen. So take with a pinch of salt. He said that in this life, there are two people. When they give you advice, don't think about it. Just do it. Anybody else? Think twice about it. He said, Your father and your mother. Someone say, Hey, what if my father is wicked? What if my father is evil? What if my mother is bad? Yes, there are people like that, unfortunately. But for majority, they are looking out for your best interest. Amen. Let me ask you if you have a child or you have a son or a daughter, won't you look out for your child's best interest? You are thinking good for your, you're not thinking wicked for your son, no. You are thinking the best. You are thinking positive things. You get it. Bible says that even in this earth, our heavenly fathers, when you heavenly father, ask them for food, they will not give you stone, and they will not give you snake. You get it. How much more your heavenly father? The one question is to win on both the good and then the evil. Hallelujah. So you must give respect to your father figures. Your spiritual fathers are also very important. You must give them honor. Amen. Honor comes in so many. This is not my message. Amen. I will end it very soon. We'll go to the message. Amen. But must give honor to your spiritual fathers. Amen. If the little things you do, respect, obedience, it will take you so far. Amen. Sometimes you just need somebody in authority to just give away. And things will be so much easier for you. I remember now to get accommodation on campus. I wanted to go to I'm on record. I want to go to a certain block. Amen. I want to go to a certain block. Amen. And that block is not easy to get. But I was aware of a father who wasn't even in charge of a block. And he knew somebody who knew somebody. And the person put me in the car and took me there and said, give him a space. I'm like, wow, that's powerful. Amen. And yeah, this is a little of the authority and influence that people have. But I must give them respect. He must give them honor. The man of God might not have 10 million in his, in his account. But he can give you a word. That will put 10 million in your account. 
Amen. Let's learn to respect our fathers. I'm not saying you are disobedient people. No. I'm just saying let's go the extra mile. Amen. So call your father today. Amen. Call man of God. Call your father figures and then tell them how much you appreciate them. Amen. Alright, so to today's message. Hey, before I forget, happy birthday, man of God. Yeah. Yeah. Man of God is a he's a big man. Amen. And today's his birthday. Let's let's appreciate appreciate the man of God as a big day. We have more children than any of us sitting over here. Tema Newtown is is his child. Amen. If you are from Tema Newtown, somewhere, somehow, you are connected to Osofu Theophilus. Amen. And it's a blessing to find yourself here. When Jesus Christ was going, he said he didn't give gifts unto men. He didn't give people ATM card. He didn't give people PS5. He didn't give people, give people football. He gave people human beings. Human beings are a gift. Hallelujah. He said, gift to Temanita. And I believe that through his hard work, through everyone who has contributed to the ministry, you guys will be so great. Amen. All right. So today's message, I have digressed a little bit. Amen. I was asking the Lord what to talk about this morning. I'm not open the book of Matthew. I was asking the Lord what to talk about this morning. It's a very brief message, but... I hope you catch the spirit behind the words. Amen. So I was asking the Lord what to talk about this morning. Because you guys know so much. So it's always difficult to pick. It's always difficult to pick a topic. But then... I want to talk about forgiveness. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about forgiveness. You know what forgiveness is? Right? Somebody does something against you. And then you feel hurt. Whether it's a physical hurt or an emotional hurt or a mental hurt. Amen. Sometimes you don't it physically, but your lecturer can tell you something and then you go home and you think about it. I remember I was working one time with I'm on record. Okay. I remember I was working one time with one of my bosses and you know sometimes it can get really really hot in theater, you know. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Sometimes it's like that. Like, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this. Should I give like two instructions at the same time? I didn't know what to do. So I was, which one do I start with? And I was just frozen. And then she said something. I thought about this. Uh, said, you know, I said, it seems you can't do two things at the same time. I said, I can't do two things at the same time. Why should you say this? Come give me two instructions. Where do I, I thought about this. Uh, why would you say this? You know, I was hurt. Honestly, I was hurt. But we forgive, amen. You know, it was a mental hurt, amen. It wasn't a physical hurt. I don't think I'm in quote stupid, amen. I think I can do two things at the same time. I can do five things at the same time if I'm really serious. You know, but I was in the heat of the moment and people were emotions were high and patient was on the table and there's no time to laugh. But yeah, you can be hurt emotionally, mentally, amen. Sometimes you realize that there's a lot of um Bitterness in the heart of people. And bitterness can even manifest physically in your health. 
Bible say what? Laughter. Or like having a merry heart. It's like medicine to your bones. But when you are depressed, it can kill you. Amen. Some of the patients we have on the ward, you know, you know, I come to hospital, you say, oh, I'm not feeling well. I have headache. I have this. I have this. And we are concentrating on the things you are saying. But sometimes people on the world, they actually get depressed on the world. And depression can actually affect how well you recover. Amen. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things that in Africa we don't really talk about. The Europeans are more open to the idea, and we are gradually picking it up. Why not go and tell your family member that I'm depressed? I say you don't have work to do. I say you are having life too easy. Like, you have time to say you are depressed. It's, it's, they don't take you seriously. You are depressed. Like, are you sad? Where does that make you happy? And then you come back, you know. That's a real issue. I remember when I was in school, in school, somebody actually told me that there was some form of depression. And when the person told me, I was a medical student and I've learned about psychology and all of this, but when she said it, I didn't believe it. You know, I was like, ah, you are depressed, like, when you wake up every morning, you are sad. Or, you know, there are a lot of signs and symptoms of depression, you know. You can't sleep, either you are sleeping too much, or you are not sleeping enough, or you are eating too much, or things that you used to like, you no longer like it. Maybe you enjoyed watching football. When I watch football, you don't feel the football like Or maybe you enjoy eating. I say food. I know it's food. Maybe certain activity you really enjoy. Obviously, I don't really enjoy it. And then the killer of them all is when you start having ideas of ending your life. You feel like I'm not worth it. You feel like if I'm not here, things will still go on. You know, these are real thoughts. And it's not like a passing thought, it repeats itself over and over and over. And then it doesn't end there. Then you now start thinking of ways to actually end your life. Nobody wants to die. And then it's painful. You think of ways that you can end your life that is not so painful. People will not see. You know. People go through a lot, mentally speaking. Yes, you say it's an illness. Yes, you say the serotonin and dopamine and all those things. Your neurotransmitters are not working. But there's a spiritual aspect to all of these things. And you can start from bitterness. Hallelujah. These are real things. Sometimes I know somebody who is actually going through some of these situations. And you wonder to yourself what you can do to help the person. Sometimes you just say, oh, Everything will be fine. You'll be okay. But the person will go back and still have these thoughts. And like I'm saying, they are intrusive thoughts. The person wants to stop thinking about them, but it keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. But there's grace. Hallelujah. There's grace. I'm not depressed, though. You are looking at me. I'm not depressed. I'm happy. <laughs> oh, you don't believe me. I'm not depressed. 
I want to read a scripture in the book of Matthew. Amen. We are talking about forgiveness. So, there's a scripture on us to read in the book of Matthew chapter 18. Are you enjoying the message so far? Yes, sir. Mm. I, will, I, will, I will look at your eyes. Alright, let's open the book of Matthew chapter 18. I want to start from verse 21. I want someone to read, a lady to read. Amen. Yes, I'm biased. <laughs> book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. See if you put your Bible, like you read your Bible now, and I'm looking at my face. Amen. Alright, Matthew 18, verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall we, sorry, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was asked the question, you know, sometimes when you know a lot of things, you don't ask you simple questions. Amen. They ask you hard questions. In those days, it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If your brother cuts off your right ear, you have every right to cut off his ear as well. It's fair and square. Yes, I think it was fair. I feel like bringing it sometimes. <laughs> I feel like bringing it sometimes. If your brother steps on your leg, you can step on his leg. Maybe you don't feel like step on his leg now, but one day when he comes inside you and step on it, you might say, hey, I stepped my leg five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Coming for my revenge. Amen. That was in those days. Hallelujah. So Peter asked Jesus Christ a good question. He said, how many times should I forgive my brother? If I to ask you that question, if Jesus, Peter to ask you that question, what should you tell him? How many times should you forgive when somebody sins against you? Or it depends on the matter today. If it twice, okay, so I'm, I'm getting good numbers too. Okay, how many times should you forgive your brother? If he does something, or it depends on what he has done. Because of the frequency and then the intensity. Yes. It depends on your mood. It's fair. I think it's a good point. Maybe just I should have added it to his answer was too quick. How many times should I forgive my brother? Maybe 10 times. If he's my very good friend, maybe I'll give him some extra time. You know, sometimes some things can be painful. Not physically painful, but can be painful. You can imagine that you have put a very chilled bottle of Coke in the fridge. And you have gone to town and you know that, ah, when I come back, I'll have a chilled bottle of cooked to drink. Now when you drink, you feel it at the back of your throat. <laughs> and then you come back to the house, and then you see that your little brother, little sister is in the hall, drinking the cook. How you? Feel? I mean, how, how you feel? Tell me. Or. <laughs> I think there was something from but I don't see it. Amen. So Peter was asking Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? If it's very serious, there's no forgiveness, eye for an eye. 
think I've said it sometime over here. Those days when I was getting pocket money. Now they stop your pocket money. You. Say I'm adult. <laughs> anyway, I saved some money and I had hidden it in some corner in the house. I can still remember the place. I put some corner in the house. I put in some pencil case and I put it above sea level. I put it on top of the curtains. Like if you find that money, that means you are looking for the money, Ankasa. You know, I've taken my time to save the money and I said, let me go and check on my investments. <laughs> let me see whether my investment is, is where it is. Is, is it growing? Yeah. I opened and there was no money. He's like, hey. <laughs> Look at this. The enemy has got it. <laughs> I was saving your money little by little by little. I went to... Uh, Hey, this guy said you shouldn't save your, your treasures here. Where moth will destroy. Rascal is and thieves will break in. I said, hey, who has taken my money? Hey, I've not seen the money, you know. Where the money went to. Hey, so right now I'm just suspecting everybody at the same time with no proof. It was painful. That day doesn't forgive. Maybe I'm not forgive. No, no, I'm not forgive. Hey. I was saying the money little by little though. Hmm? I have sacrificed things I would have enjoyed so I can have the money. We are just taking it. Hey! Yeah. I will. Sometimes some things are painful, amen. Sometimes it can be as serious as murder. You can kill somebody. Sometimes you watch it in movies. And sometimes after your life, you know, after many years of decision, you find that this is the person that murdered your father. Then they say, Will you forgive him? You. My father, he robbed me of an experience of a lifetime. And he realized that when we were going to it wasn't made, made a serious thing. You know? It's not easy to always forgive. So just, Peter was asking the Lord an important question. Because if God has said seven times, the people are after seven years. Even heaven will understand. Maybe so. So he said, how often should I forgive my brother? Until seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I say unto you, until, I say not unto you until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now you realize that the, the Jews had numbers and the numbers had certain representations, you know. Five is grace, seven is perfection. So to forgive seven would also mean that to forgive perfectly in a certain sense. And just for I said that when your brother sins against you, forgive him 70 times seven. How much is 70 times seven? 490, yeah. The Bella boys, amen. I will say take a calculator, amen. Yeah. I'm a boss at work. So make him do mental in my head. I said, hey, boss. I've not had breakfast too. Oh, so, <coughs> why are you taking your calculator? Just, just multiply it in your head. I had a lecturer in SS, chemistry lecturer, Mr. Pepra. Hey. Okay, it's a good thing I'm saying. He used to do log in his mind. You know, log this, log that. I said, hey! It's simple. I said, wow. We shall get there one day. Amen. So 70 times 7 is what? 490. 490 times when your brother sins against you. 
Can you count it? Chapter 490 Everybody, even God will understand that. We can tell you. All right. So, Jesus was actually trying to communicate something to Peter. Are we following? Yes. Thank God that we are all awake. So, I want to read a story. Like most of Jesus' teachings, there were stories to teach them what he wanted them to know. So, he said, I'm continuing. He said, Therefore, is the kingdom likened unto a certain king? Who will take account of his servants? And when he began to reckon, share to the version. Let me read a nice version. I am biased towards towards King James, but let me read a version that is nice. Of late, I've developed a new habit. I've decided that I'll read the Old Testament in contemporary versions. I was reading Nehemiah in the message. It was very nice. Something that the doubt 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 is difficult to read. When you listen there, it's nicer. You you learn a lot. You see, but those who read the Bible are their voice is loud. Say so, yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. The the heaviness. Sometimes I get lost in it. Me, that's me because I get lost. I was reading Nehemiah in the message. It was very sweet. But that's not the message for today. <laughs> So, uh, Matthew chapter 18, sorry, uh, let me read it in this New Living Translation. It says that, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his account up to date with the servant who had borrowed money from him. Aha, uh-huh, you understand the message. Okay. So, say, in the process, one of his debtors, 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 how do you pronounce it? Yeah. We're international. <laughs> In the process, one of the debtors was brought in, in who owed him millions of dollars. Okay, I'm going back to King James. There's something I want to take out of this. Let me go back to King James. I beg you. As I said, when he had reckoned, when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him who owed him 10,000 talents. You know what the talent is? The certain scripture that said a certain man had Three servants. Give one servant five talents. Give another servant two talents. Give another servant one talent. Okay. So one servant owed him ten thousand talents. Verse twenty-five said, "But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payments to be made." The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. So this man knew that he was owing his master money. This was a big amount of money. He said 10,000 talents. And he didn't have the money. So the master said that, if you have the money, it's not my fault though. Let's sell you. Maybe you'll be worth a lot. Maybe not be enough. So we'll sell your wife. Then we'll sell your children. They will get some of the money back. Okay. So if the servants beg the master that have patience with me, I'll pay you the money. Then verse 27, then, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him of yeah, released him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out 
and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. That word pence, another rendering is denarii. Take note, denarii. So he said, he now went to meet somebody who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Hey, by the throat. Saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. So the same thing. This one also didn't have money to pay him. And said, Have patience with me. I'll pay you everything. But what did this man do? He said, And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. So the other people saw and said, what this man is doing is not good. You owe your master 10,000 talents. You haven't paid. You have been forgiven. And somebody owes you a hundred denarii and you have held him by the foot and you have thrown him into prison. Verse 32. Then the Lord then his Lord, after that, then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. Note what he said. said O thou what? Wicked servant. Said that I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was very wroth or very angry. And delivered him to who? The tormentors. Till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35. He said, Likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye if from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So let me give you a little background to this scenario. I think this particular parable, we know it quite well. Somebody has forgiven you, and now somebody owes you money. 100 denarii. And you couldn't pay. And you were, you, you there, you were angry. You had every right to be angry. You're angry. Held him by the feet and then threw him to prison. And you went to report to your master. Now your master has done the same thing to you. Now, when I was shooting this, I was like, ah, talent, how much is talent? It's their currency. I don't know what it is. So I went to Google it. They said, one talent is equal to six thousand denarii. Six thousand. You let's let's keep it in your money. We will not convert it. Let's in your money. One talent is equal to six thousand denarii. So when you read the parable about the one that had five talents, two talents, one. Talent. It wasn't small money that they had. Though. It was six thousand denarii. It's equal to one talent. Now, what is one denarii? One denarii is the amount you can pay somebody after he has worked for you for a day. It's like a laborer's fee a week. Let me read. Let me. I'm coming. Let me read. Yeah. So I read very briefly. Matthew 20. He said that. So you know the story. A certain man had a vineyard. He said, "Come and work for me." He went in the morning. He found some people. He said, "I come and work my vineyard. I'll give you something." Let me say that. And when, so verse 2, Matthew 20 verse 2, said that, and when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the yard. So in that particular story, what the man actually agreed to pay the people as he wrote that Saturday in the morning was a denarii. He said a penny for the day. 
So one talent equal to 6,000 denarii. So see when that other master came in, they said one talent, put it down. It was money you are giving him. They say one talent, they say one talent, one talent. Maybe it's one, it's not one city. It's not one city. If you work for the whole day, they'll give you one denarii. It's money. If you work for the whole year, that's about 365 denarii. You subtract the Sabbath and all those things. Now that's 365 denarii. So if you work for five years, it's not even rich one talent. It was big money he gave you more. Okay, back to the story. So he said, he had given this man 10,000 denarii. Hey, sorry, 10,000 talents. You do the calculation. This one, okay, maybe we'll be away, but okay. Yes, 60 million. Oh, do that. I want some of your calculation for me. 10,000 times 6,000. 60 million. You add the zeros. 60 million. Denarius. It means if you were to work as a laborer every day, 60 million days. If your children, 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 children will not wait 60 million days. It was a huge amount of money. He said he owed him 10,000 talents, 60 million denarii. And the man said, I've forgiven you. Then somebody owes you 100 denarii. And you're going to hold the man. Hey! Are you understanding the story? Yeah. 60. Yes, you see this. Yes, you see this. You owe somebody, new, not old Ghana City, new Ghana City, 60 million. 60 million. And then somebody owes you 100 Ghana. And you go and hold the neck and throw the person to prison. Is that no wickedness? But you're like that. Just press. <laughs> it says witchcraft. Yes, I think it's witchcraft. I agree with you. But just just to try to communicate something. Peter had asked Jesus Christ a question. That if somebody offends you, how many times should I forgive the person? Up to seven times? Jesus Christ said no. Seventy times seven. The problem was to illustrate something. I think you understand the problem. The good master in the parable is actually God. Hello? Hi. The good master in that parable is God. He owes no man anything. You all owe him more than your lives. So he took an account of a servant. Let me see how much everybody owes me. Somebody owed him 60 million denarii and couldn't pay. And he forgave you. The you that have been forgiven, your brother, this was now Peter's question was answering you. Your brother owes you a hundred denarii and you can't forgive him. Why? So you see, it is not really the money per se, but the fact that you owe somebody so much more and that person has forgiven you. When he said it, they understood it too. So you don't understand denarii and talent. You just read it and then 10,000 talents. Things. Okay. So the point just was we're trying to make to Peter was that your heavenly father has forgiven you 
more than 60 million denarii. How much more you? Or why can you not forgive your brother when he has wronged you? That was the message. This guy, the teaching is so nice. Certain time they said somebody had gone to commit the adultery of fornication. And he said, hey, master, we have caught you. I know they caught and they left the man, but they caught and said, hey, we've caught you in the act. Okay. And he said, the law says, this one, you need to stone to death. And that was true. It was in the law. Just Christ did like it was right on the ground. He said, hey, okay. What do you say? He said that if you have not sinned, cast the first stone. Now nobody could cast the stone. But it is written that if you do that, they should cast a stone at you. But then they couldn't. He had robbed them of that power. He hadn't broken the law. And when he woke up, everybody lifted his head. Nobody was around. He said that woman, woman, why are your accusers? He said they all left. He said that I don't also condemn you. Go and then sin no more. Because God has done so much more, we are empowered to do the same thing. I'm talking about forgiveness. Somebody might have done something very painful to you. Maybe when we go and check a sweetie denario. Or the person has done that thing 200 times. 200 times 50 is what? Or 1,000. Or 10,000. 200. It's 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. 10,000 is not up to. It's not up to. 60 million denarii. So there was something he was trying to communicate to the person. If you understand how much you have been forgiven, you should always forgive everybody, no matter what the person does to you. That's what you're telling Peter. If you really understand how much you have sinned against God and God has forgiven you, you should always forgive your neighbor. So it's no longer, I am trying to do it with my strength. This one, I've done it, I've forgiven son. This one, I cannot let go. No. He said that you, we, we, let me go back there. Okay. Let, me read, let me read the master's comment. He said that, verse 32, he said that, Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. This one is in red. The words of Jesus Christ. He said that, I forgave thee all that debt. Because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? He said the Lord was very angry. His Lord was very angry. You see, sometimes when people do things to us, it can be really painful. It can be really painful. Some heads are different from some heads. You agree with me? Some heads. When I took my 20,000 those days, hey, I was pain. I was really pain. But I, you see, I didn't have any power to do anything at that time because I didn't know who did it and what would I do. I would just shout, or I, I didn't have any power to do. You know, now I see people have power. You people know people that can hurt people. 
but not in this stage. Amen. I saw the conversation with somebody and said he knows he knows some boys are Nima. And that if you offend him, you can contact them. And what they'll do is that they'll catch you and they'll tie you up. And then you see the washing bay. Nothing that the car will go on over so they can wash their underneath. They'll put you at the bottom there for three days and they just be waiting on you. When anybody comes, they know that you have done something wrong. That's why they put you there. So nobody will come and help you. Say so he knows somebody. <laughs> Me, I don't know anybody who I cannot come and catch anybody and put anybody anywhere. But you get you get you get a point. So his Lord was very angry and delivered him to the tem- tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. If God says right now that hey, okay, you don't forgive. You pay me all that you owe me. And we pay. Maybe you don't understand how much God has forgiven you. It's a very serious thing. The Bible says that our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before him. You cry, you're not even trying to righteous deeds too. Those that are trying, 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 trying. He said that the deeds are like filthy rags before him. So realize that before God, nobody can actually boast. I can't boast, you can't boast. No man of God can boast in the presence of God. It's out of his grace and his mercies that we are all forgiven. So he has forgiven us a lot. And he expects us to extend the same hand of forgiveness unto others. That is how we find the power to forgive. You see, as long as we are human beings, we are going to offend one another. It's very normal. Because we are not perfect. You are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Your brother is not perfect. We are trying. And some way, some way, you offend each other. Even in relationships, you can hurt somebody. You know, I was reading this this book um, by Gary Chapman. It's a it's a word. It's called "Things I Wish I Knew Before I Got Married," and he was teaching about forgiveness in relationship. I think you should learn it. I'll go and read the book actually. I'm I'm still feeding you. <laughs> but he said something about forgiveness. He said that different people interpret forgiveness in different ways. And you must learn how your partner understands forgiveness or an apology. Because as long as you are human beings, you offend one another, especially when you are married. All those initial movies, we've never called for 20 years. I wasn't there. You are the one seeing it, so I can't argue with you. But me, there, I know that I'm not perfect. Even. So I was teaching about forgiveness. Said that different people interpret forgiveness in different ways. Yes, those who are married are wasting the answers to me. Amen. I've heard you, Dora. I'll tell them to. So I said, there are different ways you can actually express an apology because you interpret it differently. Somebody wants you to actually say, I'm sorry. That is an apology. You must express that you are sorry. And the example you gave was like, maybe you are going to, maybe you have an appointment, maybe you are going to watch a movie or something, and then you come late. You don't just say, I'm sorry. No, that's not an apology. Say, my darling. 
I'm terribly sorry. I didn't take note of the time. I went far beyond, and I apologize. Yes, explanations are very, very deep. When the person hears this, the person knows that you are truly sorry and will accept your apology. That is one person. He said another way people also interpret apology is to accept responsibility. So you do something wrong, you accept that it was your fault. When the ladies are nodding, the guys are looking at me, eh? I see that's a bias. No, you shall correct every bias in Jesus' name, amen. But that husbands brought your wives according to knowledge, amen. We release knowledge today, and by the grace of God, you apply the knowledge, amen. amen. The ladies are not in power, they are paying attention. This is what they say. Yeah. Are you enjoying the message? Yes. All right. So he said, another way is to accept responsibility. To say that it was my fault that it didn't happen the way it happened. I'm sorry. You see, what he said that in all the ways you apologize to the person, there should be an element of sincerity. And the way I interpret sincerity might be different from yours. Once you understand it, then we are good to go. Then he said, another way of apologizing is to make restitution or to make up. So he said, for instance, it was your anniversary. Or maybe your partner's dead and you forgot. I said that I'm sorry. You don't say I'm sorry. It won't work. Amen. I'm sorry I forgot. Let me make it up to you. Let me make it up to you. What you want to do or where you want to go, we will go. And your partner knows that indeed he is actually sorry for what he did. So that's somebody. See, another way is that. The person wants you to ask him for forgiveness. Not like you are begging the person. Or like you are... Yes, not begging the person, but... It's like this way, do you forgive me? He wants to hear those words, that do you forgive me? So then the power is in your thoughts. Can I forgive him? I'll forgive you. If you know this, you know how to deal with your fellow or your wife or your husband or your spouse it's very important because as human beings we always mess up we always make mistakes amen this is a counseling session yes i am single but i'm counseling amen. what's that grab a counseling room okay all right all right so different ways that you can apologize. And it's very necessary that we learn how to apologize as individuals. Amen. Sometimes just saying I'm sorry is enough. But sometimes it might actually go beyond that. Let me read another scripture for us in the book of Psalm. In fact, we read it this morning. I was so glad when Mother God opened it. About how much God has forgiven us. Psalm 103. Someone with their own, somebody to read verse 11 and verse 12. Psalm 103, verse 11. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, 
so far had he removed all transgressions from us. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. It says in Psalm 103, it says that as far as the east is from the west, so far had he removed our transgressions from us. Amen. I think I've explained this before. You know that we have a North Pole, right? We have a North Pole. And we, we have a South Pole. Amen. Hey, you know, you're looking at me, it's like, I'm the only person who knows this. We have a North Pole. The Earth is, they say the Earth is not spherical. They say it's flat at the top. They give a funny name, but I've forgotten. But we have a North Pole, and we have a South Pole. And because we have these two poles, you can actually measure the distance from North Pole to South Pole. You can Google it, I'm sure it will come up. But it's a certain number. From North Pole to South Pole. When he was comparing how much God has forgiven you, he didn't say he has moved our transgressions as far as the North Pole is from the South Pole. He said as far as the East is from the West. That's how far he has taken our transgressions away from us. So then I'll ask you, where is the East Pole? And where is the West Pole? Do we have an East Pole? No. Do we have a West Pole? No. It's as far as you can imagine it to be. Because it doesn't exist. It's as, it's as wide as your mind can take you. Because there's no pole. If it was North Pole to South Pole, you can measure that God has forgiven you to this a certain extent. But His is from the East to the West. That's how far. He has taken our transgressions away from us. And taking our transgressions is very, very important. It's the confidence with which you have to enter into his presence. No sin can stand in the presence of God. You will die. In fact, you will not even make it there before you die. In the Old Testament, when the high priest entered into the holies of holies, where the presence of God was, if there was sin in the high priest, the high priest will die. The person is representing you. When he goes there, he will die. I said, hey, our high priest has died, though. You enter, you also die. Because when the high priest has access to go there. And the third person said, ah, I cannot go and save you because I'll also die. So they used to tie a rope around the high priest's waist. And they put bells on his dress. When he's inside there and he's working, he behind the bells ring. Behind the bells ring. Behind the bells ring. You're looking at me, it's like, don't make the sound of bells. I'm making this up. You hear the bells ring. The moment you stop hearing the, the bells ring, and you know he's still there, that's pull on the rope and say, Oga, are you there? Because you can't enter. Don't joke. The ark was being transported and was about to fall down. And somebody said, Hey, the ark of God, fall on this ground. No, I must save it. The man jumped to save it. He died. Don't joke with the rope. <laughs> Don't talk with God. So you cannot enter the holies of holies with your sin. You dare not. It will even cross your mind. So if you don't hear the bells from you, you tap. And then you give a response that I'm there. Or maybe you tap back. If you don't hear anything, and you attack and you don't hear anything, or God has gone. So you must drag him out. That's how serious it was. You couldn't enter the presence of God just like that. But the Bible says that when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, something happened. Said that the curtain that divided the holies of holies, it was torn. 
It wasn't separated. If separated, you can put it back. It was torn. And it was torn from the top to the bottom. You, if I say come and cut this curtain, will you cut from the top? You cut from the bottom all the way to the top. That's how a human being will go about it. So if it was cut from the top to the bottom, it wasn't man that did it. It was God that did it. And that curtain was to separate the outer courts where everybody else, where everybody had access in anyway. Where more people had access from the holies of holies. When Jesus Christ died for us, the Bible said that it was torn from the top to the bottom. Meaning that the thing that separates you from God, which was your sin, you has taken it away forever. Hallelujah. Forever. That's why you have access to God. And who am I and who are you to go before God? You will just die. But because we are in Christ, we have access unto Him. I want you to understand how much you have been forgiven. Your forgiveness has given you access to God. Bible said, with boldness, you shall approach the throne of grace. Not doubting, not like, hey, will God hear me? Will God not hear me? No. You have been given full access because somebody has paid at their full price. Jesus Christ, um, sacrifice or death on the cross was more than what we owe. Bible says that in those days, if somebody sins, you have to sacrifice a sheep or a lamb or according to the rules of the day. And to cover your sins for a year. But after that, you might go and sacrifice another thing. That was an animal. If a human being were to be sacrificed, I'm sure human being's life would be more than a year. But it wasn't a human being that was sacrificed. It was the son of God who was sacrificed. It's forever. Hallelujah. How do you understand the forgiveness or how much God has forgiven you? It is forever. Some say, hey, what if after I give my life to Christ, I sin again? It is still in God's sacrifice. The Bible said that he was slain once for all. He will not come and die again because his one sacrifice is enough forever. If you understand this, you do a lot of things. Amen. How many times are going to talk about something? But I want to be careful with my words. But it's necessary that you know this thing. Let me read something in Galatians. No, not Galatians, Romans. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 4. Let me start from verse 1. No, that's too far. Let me start from verse 4. So, Paul was teaching the church something, and he wanted them to understand how much. He was talking about righteousness and grace and all of that. And he quoted a certain verse that David had said. That's what I want to read. He says, Romans chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. There's not a background to this, but it's not that you are part of this particular person. Not about the fact that Abraham believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness. And you are in Abraham because of Christ Jesus. 
So let, let, listen to what David says. That blessed, and this is David is saying, it's not about accepting for people, it's about you personally. So that saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Are your sins forgiven? Yes. Are they covered? Yes. And so he's still talking about the same person. He said that blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. It's the same person. When you go, go and read it and think about it. There's so much I want to say about it, but there are things that I've said before I get to this, and I don't think I have the time to say it now. He said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Is there a human being like that? Please remind me, one day we'll talk about this, amen. I don't want to like this, but it's very important. So that blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So that blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So we are in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. You have been forgiven so much. Much more than you can ever think. Bible talks about the prodigal son when you are retaining he said that what I've done is so wrong. Let me come back and beg to be a servant. That's when the father saw him from a distance, he ran, went to hug, gave the best of clothes, gave him a ring, the fattest cow. He sorted it for him. Because he said that my son who was lost has now returned. He was talking about the father's love for you. But also the fact that a certain man who had a hundred sheep and one went missing. Bible said he forsake the 99 and needs to look for the one. Honestly, if it was me, I might not do that. Say it's one. I have 99 left. Or you have 100 Ghana and one city is missing. I'll look for it to some extent. But if I don't find it, it's not too bad. I still have 99. But he went around and he went to find the sheep. And when he found the sheep, he carried the sheep on his neck. And they had a party. I said, ah, they had a party. So that was me too. So they killed other, <laughs> they killed other animals to celebrate the other animal. But that's just by the way. He forsake all those other 99 to look for their one. That's the God we serve. And that's the God that says, I have forgiven you. If God has forgiven you this much, why can't you forgive your neighbor? Amen. It's never easy. Amen. I'm not saying that I'll leave it here. It's never easy to forgive. Some things are very difficult to forgive. That is the truth. But God still expects us to forgive. My message is very simple. It's very simple. God still expects us to forgive. So look in your life or look at your life right now. There are certain things that you when people do against you, it's very easy to forgive. But some things are very, very deep. Very deep. Unfortunately, it has become like a root of bitterness inside of you. Also, if you are coming to God with a gift and you have an argument with your neighbor, certainly pray come and bring the gift. Because forgiveness is so important to God. He said he has forgiven you all your sins. All your sins. It's gone. More than 60 million denarii he has forgiven you. And he says, your brother is owing you 
thousand denarii, or even one million denarii, or even ten million denarii. Why can't you forgive them? Amen. What I'm saying is not easy. But I believe that there are certain points in our life that we don't have the strength to continue. We look unto God to help us. So we shall approach the stone of grace with all boldness. Amen. Obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So maybe this one, you have to forgive your neighbor and say, God, I cannot. Help me to forgive my neighbor. God will give you the strength to forgive your neighbor. Because it is God's intention that we will all live in harmony. So as much as it is in your power, live at peace with all men. Something people have done to you is very personal. It might be your father. It might be your mother. It might be your husband or your wife. It might be a very good friend. Somebody you least expected to do what the person did to you. But God still says, forgive him. Let me end with what, how Jesus Christ actually said in the book of Matthew. And then we pray. Matthew chapter 18. Let me read the last verse. It says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your heart, I take the again, say that, if ye from your heart forgive not everyone his brother, their trespasses. So God knows that I can say, I've forgiven, I've forgiven. But God looks beyond your words and looks into your heart. That's what I'm saying that some things you cannot forgive on your own. And you pray to God, to God to help you to find forgiveness. Sometimes it's not the same day you forgive the person. But God will take you on a journey to eventually get to that point of forgiveness. Don't give the devil a foothold in your life of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of anger towards anybody at all. Hallelujah. It's very necessary. I think a lot of blessings are linked with this particular thing. You to let go. I said, it's not easy. Letting go is not easy. Some things are very easy to forgive. I'm walking in step on my leg. I'll forgive you. Or you mention my name funny. I'll forgive you. But some things are more difficult to forgive. Sometimes it's even harder to forgive when you keep on doing it over and over and over. Somebody, if the dad wasn't around when they were growing up at all, all of a sudden the father shows up. Where were you? When I needed you. Now that I'm fine, now that I'm doing what you are coming to my life for what? Some things are very deep. Some things, they, they touch. They really touch. And you say, forget I'm a Christian. Or let's put Christians here aside. <laughs> And I will show you Pepe. Yeah. But God is saying this morning that he wants us to forgive. And he's also saying that if you don't have the capacity to forgive your brother, come to me, I will help you to forgive. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to say a short word of prayer this morning. Even as the word of God has come to us, we are praying that the Lord himself will help us to understand how much he has forgiven us. The Bible said that the servant owed his Lord 10,000 talents. And the Bible said that the Lord had compassion and forgave him. We want to pray that the Lord himself will grant you the strength 
the ability and the grace to forgive whoever wrongs you, no matter what the person does. We are praying that the Lord himself will cause you to see things even as he sees things. That if there's any weight, if there's any root of bitterness in anyone's heart, any form of unforgiveness, we are praying that the Lord himself will deal with that thing in the name of Jesus. We are praying that the Lord himself will liberate us from every form of hatred, every form of anger, every form of bitterness in our lives. We are praying that the Lord himself will grant us the grace to live at peace with all men. In as much as he has given us the power to do so, we want to pray to God this morning. If there's any form of bitterness, if there's any form of envy, if there's any form of unforgiveness in our hearts, we are asking that the Lord himself will open up our hearts and he will, by his Holy Spirit, approve every form of unforgiveness in the name of Jesus. Begin to talk to your heavenly Father right now. In the name of Jesus. Parabados ifendo lebe suke fadanda labas halebe do seto aramanis kepota laba lebe sotin bage varamanos kefeda labasiku anda lababashinto lepeve tozi katana labasinti bebe harabados lambaribeke shatavara manashito barmekuza tabarabanos bebe bebe balababashito balababasute balaban jebebebe balababashi honda labasito baramanos Beveto arama kutebe balama dozanta bale palebeda barebebe sata barebebozanta barebebos lebenda la babashinto barebebozanta barebebos payava delebe vanta la balaban dozepe balababan zepe balababasi honda la babasi hendele bebe la parebebozanta barebebozanta barebebos payebe tonale bekoja timelebe la basinto balaban balaban in the mighty name of Jesus have we prayed with thanksgiving Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I will just say this as well. If if um, you are finding it difficult to forgive somebody, I will just say that there are a lot of leaders in the church. Sometimes talking to people helps you a lot. Maybe you see from a certain perspective that you didn't see it before. And that might help you in your journey of forgiveness. Hallelujah. But something very important you must learn as human beings and as Christians. Somebody will always offend you. And you too will one day offend somebody. You must learn to learn with forgiveness and understanding amongst one another. Amen. So God bless you so much um, for listening. Amen. 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 Try to put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. 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 I want to humbly be on our feet. Humbly be on your feet. And once again, shall we put our hands together for the Lord?